Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, our first Ice Guys show of the new year, and it is good to be here, Ian Cameron, and we are joined once again by Matt Robinson, weekly appearances from this guy moving forward, and we're glad to have him because he's been uh, hitting home runs here, hitting them out of the park here, the first two shows, doing a great job. Uh, Alex is running some errands, got some appointments, so he'll be back uh, tomorrow uh, on the uh, show. Uh, but we're excited about the uh, new year, new opportunities, new money, uh, as I often like to say when the new year arrives. Uh, Matt, how was your uh, New Year's? How was ringing in the new year? I know yesterday we had the Winter Classic. We had some outstanding college football playoff semifinal games that went down to the wire and were very profitable uh, for me from a betting standpoint. But a great New Year's Day. How were things yesterday for you? Yeah, great New Year's on my end. Excited to be back on the show. Um, pretty laid back New Year's Eve. I uh, didn't do anything crazy this year, but uh, yeah, as you mentioned, yesterday was a great sports day. Uh, the Winter Classic, which I'm sure we'll get into, awesome presentation. You know, great to be back on TNT uh, for that. You know, always great in between periods as well. And then, uh, yeah, unbelievable college football slate at the end of the night. Two games coming down to the last play. You know, could have gone either way in both games. Um, you love it. So, I'm excited to get the uh, new year rolling. Yeah, and because of it being a Michigan and Washington national championship game in college football, those were two of the teams. I had bet six teams uh, before the start of the season to win the national championship in college football. Two of them were Michigan and Washington. So I have got myself in a, I think, a 1.9K winning position if Michigan wins and 3.5. 2-5K coming my way uh, if Washington wins. So I'm actually cheering for Washington because just me being selfish and putting finances ahead of anything else, I'm hoping Washington wins because I get a bigger payout. So, uh, And to me, when I sent that out, and for those of you that are subscribers of mine on Dub Club, and we really, uh, again, uh, I'm a high-volume better. It's every sport, every day. I mean, and it's um, it's been good. It's been a good run there on the website for the subscribers long-term at Dub Club. And I posted my college football season win totals and futures report way back in August uh, before the season started. And I took six teams to win the national championship, Matt, and I didn't include Alabama or Georgia as one of those six teams. I said, I don't feel it for either of them this year. I don't think Alabama's as good as they've been in the past. Now, sure enough, they some, still got into the playoff, and they I thought it was still a great coaching job by Saban because I didn't think that team was all that spectacular this year compared to what they've been in the past. To get them into the playoff was great. And I just thought, you know, George is a machine. I get it. But it's not easy to repeat. You know, it's just not easy. And you're not getting the value in the betting markets to bet a Georgia Bulldogs team to win the national championship. You know, you're looking to maybe beat the favorite, as they say, uh, in a lot of years. And that's really what I was trying to do. So I had LSU. I had uh, Florida State, who I thought should have been in the playoff and didn't even get the chance. Uh, I had um, Michigan and Washington. Uh, I had Tex- Texas A&M was a bad one. You know, I, I thought Texas A&M had a real dark horse chance uh, to win the national championship, so it didn't pan out for them. Uh, and then there was one more that I took. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, it was um, 
think it was Oregon or it was one of those. No, it's Texas. Sorry, Texas to win the uh, national championship. And they were in the playoffs. So uh, that was pretty good to see that Michigan and Washington got there. And we're, we can just sit back now, Matt, and watch the game. You know, it's like put your feet up, you know, grab your favorite drink. You're going to make a couple thousand regardless of the uh, outcome Monday night in that game. So that's a pretty good feeling to have. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and and I, I think you're pretty on point with, with maybe leaning towards Washington, not just because of your bet. Um, but I just think, you know, going into yesterday, Alabama obviously gave themselves a chance. They were actually winning late in the game. Uh, I thought they were going to pull it off and Saban was going to be the hero once again. Um, but, yeah, with Washington, the difference with me, you know, Michigan had a big win over Ohio State. Um, you know, Texas had beat Alabama. Alabama had beat Georgia. But Washington had to play Oregon twice this year. You know, they'd, you know, played some other good Pac-12 teams. Utah was no slack team this year. USC had a fire offense. Um, so then beating Oregon twice and then now, you know, finishing it off with Texas, uh, being able to, you know, let Texas back in the game but finding a way to win at the end. I just feel like they have that, like, uh, that intangible, you know, ability to get through adversity. So I'm leaning towards Washington. I know Michigan's got a great team, and they found a way to win late in the game as well. Um, but, yeah, if, I, uh, if I'm if i taking somebody, it's going to be Washington next Monday. So you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. I'll be – I'll be. you know, it's, I don't even need to bet it, but, you know, you got to throw out a recommendation for those. Like I always have people that when they subscribe, it's throughout the year. Like there's people that weren't with me in August when I posted this report, and they're going to say, what do you mean you don't have an opinion on the game? Well, in my position, I don't need to bet the game, but – for the purposes of you, because you just subscribed a couple weeks or, uh, ago uh, and you didn't get in on that report in preseason, I got to give a recommendation. For me, too, it would be Washington plus the points next week. Uh, you know, they've proven it enough, right? How many times do we have to keep disrespecting that Washington team before we start paying attention to see how good they are? And they've got, I think, the better quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. Now, that Michigan defense is no joke. You know, it's going to be a good, tough matchup for them. But, man, they've been able to move the ball on anybody you know, they have played this year. So uh, I think that's uh, the side I'd be looking at too. Uh, turning back to hockey, some just some quick notes on hockey before we get into the Tuesday card. The Winter Classic, credit to Seattle, great performance, 3 nothing win. Joey Decord, outstanding. I love the idea that TNT had of the Coco Cup for the uh, <laughs> outstanding player, the MVP of the Winter Classic. They awarded it to uh, Joey Decord. That was great. The TNT guys killed it again. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh biz and liam McHugh. liam McHugh's become like the ernie johnson for the nhl panel like he's just a great point guard if you will like he's just so good he like gets he just directs the proceedings so perfectly and he fits in so blends in so nicely with the with the with the player panel uh on that uh, tnt crew anson carter great job as well uh they're all fantastic uh, you see the little skirmish with uh Biz and the Seattle Kraken mascot. That was pretty funny uh, seeing that during the uh, second intermission. Uh, shout out to Hart, by the way, Nancy and Ann Wilson. Wow, those sisters still can rock. I mean, my goodness, that performance in the first intermission was absolutely outstanding. Mm, Barracuda, as I've done many times here on this uh, show. Uh, great job uh, by that uh, the iconic uh, rock band, female rock. One of the first, actually. They really blazed a trail for future generations of female rock bands uh heart outstanding performance in the first intermission uh great to see that and uh, just a beautiful event as it always is with the uh uh the winter classic and a credit to seattle now who are i think a 702 
uh, in their last nine yeah. games. Like all of a sudden, here they are, one point out of a wild card spot with this run. So I think we bit, we we sprinkled the ashes over the Seattle Kraken uh, casket a little too soon, and maybe uh, when it comes to their season. But uh, any thoughts, Matt, on that yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was an awesome event. I thought the the city of Seattle did a great job, you know, turning the Mariners rink or Mariners Stadium into a rink. Um, I thought there were some funny parts, you know, the fish going across the players as they're walking on the ice was just sort of a funny touch, a little cheesy, but, you know, in a good way. Um, the antics with Biz um, and Bowie were obviously elite, you know, fighting on stage and things like that. So I thought they did a great job. I thought the music was great. The performances in between periods, you know, Sir Mix-a-Lot bringing the team out was hilarious. I Just a great event. And I always look forward to it on New Year's. You know, you may wake up with a bit of a hangover game comes on at noon Pacific, you know, you can watch hockey outside. So um, always a huge fan of the game. I went to the one in Dallas a few years back and it was an unbelievable experience there. Um, and it seems wow. like every city just keeps doubling down on it. So, yeah. That's great. And uh, obviously that was big, you know, to get that winter classic event in Texas, non-traditional hockey market. Uh, and uh, that's what they're trying to do now. You've seen Carolina's had a winter, uh, an outdoor game, not a winter classic, but they've had an outdoor stadium game, series, stadium yeah. series. They had one of those games there. LA's had it uh, in the, they're trying to get it out to the, to the warmer weather uh, states, the non-traditional hockey markets. And look, they're supporting it. So it's great to see. It's a great environment yesterday. And yes, before we get into Tuesday's NHL card, I do have to talk a little World Junior Hockey Championship. And yes, heartbreak city uh, for Canada uh, earlier today as they lose 3-2 to uh, Czechia. And it's just hilarious. Every year, Canada has a disappointing result in the World Juniors. They don't win gold. They finish below expectations. Everyone just says, what a, what a disaster. Uh, what, a, you know, what a disappointment. A terrible. And they act like the world's coming to an end. Newsflash. And I have to put this PA, uh, public address announcement out there every fucking year when Canada uh, falls short in the World Junior Hockey Championship, okay? Let's let's explain something here. The other countries are developing hockey players and youth hockey at a greater level than we've ever seen before, ever seen before. That's number one. And if you're Canada too, you know, because these other countries are making hockey for youth cheaper, that's a big problem here is that you're charging parents too much to put their kids into youth hockey. The prices are a joke. Let's be let's let's call it like we see it. It's ridiculous how many uh, how much money is charged for kids to get ice time in rinks in this country. And, and it's stunting their development. It's a, it's we're in tougher times now with our economy. We've had all kinds of financial setbacks uh, in our lifetime. And we've got to really examine. And this is on Hockey Canada. But Hockey Canada is not interested in, yeah, let's lower the cost of youth hockey for parents and for families. No, their focus has been cleaning up their own shit for the last two years, cleaning up their mess for these absolute disaster, despicable crimes of theirs. Not invest in hockey, not lower the cost of rink time for youth, not develop uh, these players properly, not construct a proper good roster for a World Junior Hockey Championship which is another problem, too. This roster was a poor constructed roster. Simple as that. Andrew Cristal is probably laughing his fucking head off back in British Columbia right now, tearing up the Western Hockey League, leading the league in points, had a hat trick the other night. Not good enough to play for Canada, though, at the World Junior Championship. Not good enough to play for Canada. Left off the team. Height, same thing. Top OHL score. 
not good enough to play for Canada. And yet you got guys that you can count on one finger how much they produced offensively in terms of points. One finger. That's it. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a brutal uh, end for them. But before people say, and yeah, you can be disappointed, but don't act like Canada. It's your God-given right to win every international hockey tournament because that's just simply not going to happen anymore. Okay? The other countries are getting better, much better. You know, and now it's not a, a you're, it's not just Canada's to win anymore. We got to get rid of the arrogance that still exists here for some people that when, whenever we lose, it's a flaming disappointment and we can't give anybody else credit. And nobody ever talks about the teams that win when we get bounced. We're always talking about what we did wrong. Let's give the other countries credit. Let's give them credit for getting better and developing uh, players better and keeping costs for youth hockey lower than the fucking uh, arm and a leg that are being charged for youth to play hockey in this country right now. That's a complete and utter fucking disgrace. How many, what families have to pay to get their kids into youth hockey right now. Absolutely disgraceful. And until that changes, you're going to have problems and you're going to have moments like this where you get bounced early uh, in an international tournament. Simple as that. So calm down with the hysteria. It's not our given right to win every single event, and it's not possible anymore to win every single event. This elimination today, it is emblematic of the trajectory of international hockey right now. We are no longer dominant in this sport every single time, period. Other countries have caught up, and now for Canada, World Juniors, World Hockey Championship, this international best-on-best best that the NHL is going to be announcing soon, it is going to be a battle for this country, a battle for Canada to maintain supremacy. You better believe it. So there you go. There's my stance there, Matt. Mic drop. <laughs> no, I love it. And uh, it's it's interesting perspective because coming from the U.S. and you know watching the U.S. progress over the last 20 years to kind of even the playing field, um, you know, it's been, it's been interesting to see, but yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and by the way, uh, us, uh, just absolutely r- ran roughshod over Latvia and Sweden is up on uh, Switzerland right now, but, uh, the big news, of course, Canada bounced in the quarterfinals, uh, after uh, back-to-back gold medals, fun tournament though. And the sad thing too, Matt is <laughs> Canadians try to make it sound like they're this diehard hockey fans. Half of them aren't even going to watch the rest of the tournament. Let's be serious here. Half of them aren't even are just going to tune right the fuck out because Canada's out. Oh, woe is us. Canada's out. Can't get into this tournament. If you're any kind of hockey fan, you're not doing that shit. You're watching because there's still good players. There's still good teams, good countries, good talent. You're telling me a true blue die in the wool hockey fan is not excited for this potential collision course we might see in the gold medal game with USA and Sweden. That's not going to get you excited. Two terrific countries, two loaded rosters, but no, Canada's out. Got a there's people that with Canada being out of this tournament, you could put us Sweden in their backyard. They draw the blinds mm-hmm. that, 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 that I can't stand that. Yeah. If, if you're calling yourself some kind of big time hockey fan and you're pulling that crap, that I can't stand. I will not tolerate. You're no hockey fan. If you're doing that, if you're just totally blatantly ignoring this tournament, you're waving the Canada pom-poms and the flag. But once Canada's bounced, you couldn't give a damn about the rest of the tournament that I don't respect. Simple. If you call yourself a hockey fan, I don't respect that. For sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my only complaint about World Juniors, I love the tournament here in the U.S. The only way to watch games is NHL Network, which, you know, a lot of cable companies have gotten away from. 
So it makes it really challenging to watch these games. I know Canada, you know, you've got TSN, you've got other options, um, but that's been frustrating. I love watching World Juniors. And again, as you mentioned, you know, you get that USA-Sweden game potentially in the in the gold medal game. There might be 15 NHL players in three or four years that are in that game. Um, you know, it's hard to not want to watch that kind of stuff as a hockey fan. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like in years past, USA has been bounced early. I still will watch the gold medal game every single year. So um, it's a shame that uh, that's how things are going in Canada right now. Exactly. I mean, people love the NFL. People love the NFL so much, their own team could be out of it in week three and they're still watching. You know, you have no problem watching the NFL and the playoffs and the Super Bowl when your team stinks and your team's no good and they're knocked out of it early. Give If you're any kind of hockey fan, give this tournament that respect. Yeah, Canada's out. Who gives a shit? Watch the rest of it because there's still good teams in there. Anyway, uh, let's get into it, uh, Matt. We got the Tuesday NHL card, uh, Boston and Columbus uh, to kick things off. We got the Bruins, minus 230 road favorites here in this game, six and a half being the total uh, here uh, in this matchup. Uh, the Boston Bruins, um, you know, we t- excuse me, we took a shot with them uh, uh, against Detroit. Uh, on uh, New Year's Eve, um, it had been a kind of a house of horrors for the uh, Bruins playing the Red Wings. The Red Wings have played Boston very tough as well, but they get the job done. That's now 3-0 and since the uh, Christmas break ended for the uh, Boston Bruins, uh, beating Buffalo, New Jersey, and Detroit, uh, a 5-3 win. We did have a piece of the over, though, in that game, so it wasn't all bad with that Bruins-Red Wings game uh, on uh, Sunday. They'll look to keep things rolling here against this Columbus Blue Jackets team which has gone to overtime in three straight games for the last five. Um, the question is, will that happen here uh, in this matchup with the uh, Bruins and the Jackets? Uh, these two teams have split the two meetings this year. Columbus got a 5-2 victory here at Nationwide uh, on November 27th. Uh, and then early December, Boston returned the favor with a 3-1 win uh, at home. Look, uh, I, I do feel after playing Buffalo you know, when they were angry and they definitely wanted to have a good game out of the break after the four game losing streak going into it. And they were focused there. They took care of a Buffalo team that should have beat. They were up for the New Jersey game, obviously Detroit. I think there was something to that. The Bruins knew that Detroit had beaten them twice already. And it it stoked the fires of focus and intensity from the Bruins uh, to play Detroit. And they got the job done five, three. This does feel though, like it could be a little bit more of a flat spot. You're playing Pittsburgh, uh, on an ESPN nationally televised game Thursday night uh, after this. So I'm going to take a shot, not with Columbus, but with the draw here. The, this is going to be a, a tight, competitive, close game. It's hard to turn down a draw bet, Matt, when you see a team like Columbus going OT in three straight games uh, entering tonight. And to, be, to give you, a, to be totally honest here, you know, Columbus took overtime, took Toronto and New Jersey to overtime, you know, some Two solid teams there, so uh, I don't mind taking a shot with the draw. Uh, that's what I'm going to look at here in this game. Uh, I don't really have a strong feel for the total. Lean to the over here, but there's some other totals I like more than this one. Focus more on the draw in this one. I expect a good effort. Look, they took Toronto to OT, New Jersey to OT since the Christmas break, Buffalo to OT the other night on a back-to-back uh, as well after playing against Toronto the other night. So I think this is not a bad game to take a shot draw-wise here on this slate Uh, Matt what do you think here Boston Columbus yeah I definitely don't hate the draw here Um, one thing I'm kind of looking at just knowing I do kind of like the over if it was six I'd take it 100 percent six and a half 
I, I go back and forth. I think it might be a live, live over opportunity. Um, but one thing I like, and I think I just saw it at minus 120, is Columbus over two and a half goals. Um, I think, you know, this could be a back and forth game. Could be a 3-3 overtime, maybe a 3-2 late goal win, um, things like that. So, I, I again, I think Columbus has been fighting hard. I feel like they give up some goals. They give up a ton of shots. Um, but I also think they're able to find the back of the net uh, pretty frequently and in bunches. So that might be my play um, is the team total over for Columbus at, at uh, minus 120 at two and a half. So There's a lot of good props for Boston that are red hot commodities right now. I'm always interested in Morgan Geeky on the top line center spot, but Charlie Coyle. You know, the last uh, few games has been very productive. Three goals, two assists, five points uh, in the last uh, three games. Um, Trent Frederick, by the way, down the lineup. Two goals, three assists, five points from him uh, in the last four games for Boston. So you're talking about bargain bin value. You know, maybe like Geeky, Coyle, and especially Frederick. Frederick's got a little hot streak going right now. And he just works his tail off every single game. Jimmy Murphy, always who covers the Bruins, our good friend, sings the praises of Trent Frederick uh, often, and I don't, I, I don't blame him for it. Uh, that guy just uh, he brings a hard hitting, hard forecheck type of work ethic uh, every single game. That you love to see. That's going to win you hockey games uh, in the long term, and we've definitely seen that from him. Uh, so that's been impressive uh, for, to uh, watch Trent Frederick, who's you know starting to find a little bit more offensive touch as well for this Bruins team. Uh, no question about that. So uh, lots to like there as far as uh, props on the uh, Boston side. It looks like they are cooling down the uh, thought process here with uh, Merkulov, uh, the uh, prospect uh, who was called up from Providence uh, and is now all the way up to, with the um, team now. But they've uh, he's been pretty quiet these first couple games, and it looks like they've dropped him here to the um, fourth line uh, going into this matchup here for the uh, uh, for the uh, Bruins. Uh, and then, of course, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Justin Danforth, Adam Fantilli. I mean, those two guys, you know, both of them, four points, two goals, two assists, the last four games for this Jackets team. So you're talking about red hot commodities. And if you're going to go beyond that for props, beyond Danforth and Fantilli, uh, I would probably say, you know, consider the, the Russian triumvirate, as I would call them, Matt Shinikov, because uh, Shinikov's been excellent, Voronkov and Marchenko for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They've all been very productive as well. So it's a good prop game there because I do think we'll see some goals. I don't know about enough to get over. I lean that way. It is Spencer Martin in that. We should point that out too for uh, Columbus. Uh, he's he he's the Forrest Gump of goaltending. Life's like a bonk. You never know what you're going to get from uh, Spencer Martin right here. So how will he perform tonight? We'll see uh, Allmark projected in that for the uh, Boston Bruins here. All right, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. Uh, this should be a good one. Two good teams uh, in the Metro uh, battling it out. Rangers minus 130, home favorites. Six being the uh, total here in this game. It is going to be the Russian battle uh, in net here. And that's the only thing that I'm hesitant on with betting over in this game. Because we have talked about with the Rangers, they've been trending over the total. They've been scoring goals in bunches lately. Five and one to the over in their last six games. Carolina four and two to the over uh, in their last uh, six games. But specifically here for the Rangers, you know, we have seen this team have no problem finding the back of the net. Three plus goals in their last six games, uh, at least three goals in every game. 
Kojekov's coming off a terrific performance against Toronto because I thought the Leafs and Hurricanes game Saturday night was even, and the goaltending of Kojekov ended up being the difference uh, in that one. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can battle uh, that well again. And another thing that concerns me is not just Kochekov as far as the over tonight. It's Shesterkin who's going to get the nod in net for the Rangers, and he's getting his game back. His form is coming back. He has been very good the last few outings. He was rock solid against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Solid as a rock. Remember that song? He was solid. Uh, 5-1 uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in that uh, performance on, um, I think it was last week, uh, Saturday, uh, in that game. So very, very solid. You can tell he's starting to get just his, 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 his he's quiet in the net again. You know, he's not swimming in the net. He's not chasing the puck. Uh, you can tell that um, Igor Shosturkin starting to get his confidence back. We'll see if that continues here. And then you have the uh, the icing on the cake here as far as my over-hesitancy in this game that three straight meetings have gone under the total with the uh, Rangers and the Hurricanes. And we did see two-to-one Rangers back in November uh, when they faced each other earlier this year. So it's a, it's a tricky one. Uh, because these are two teams I kind of want to bet over. Carolina's offense is picking up. Rangers are firing the puck in the net repeatedly at nauseum as of late. So um, I, I might um, pass on it, but I definitely uh, I'm it's one of those games where you look back on it. If it goes over, I'll be I'll be frustrated. But I honestly could also see two to one, three to one, because I guarantee you, if those two goalies play the way they did the last time I saw them, Kochekov versus Toronto. Uh, Shesterkin versus Tampa. This easily could be a two to one, three to one kind of game tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Hurricanes Rangers. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you on a lot of those points. I think going into the card, I felt really good about the over, um, but then there's some stats there that that scare me a bit. And I do think both goalies are good, um, but at the same time, I think both teams are rolling offensively. Um, it, it, it's one of those games to me. You know, if you told me there was going to be five power plays throughout the game or more, I would lock in the over 100%. Um, but, you know, if they call it or if they let the guys play and it, you know, I, I could easily see it being even a one nothing game, 2-1 game. Um, I did see, I think it was Lando in the chat said six straight games between these two. Um, the underdog has won the game. Um, and again, I... You know, I lean Canes a little bit, not just because of that stat, but they're just playing so well lately. Um, but again, it makes it it makes it tough knowing that Shesterkin can come out at any given night and you know put up a shutout. So um, I'll probably pass on the sides. I may take the over, just given that it's six, um, or may even just look into a first period over. You know, maybe it's one one after the first, and then things slow way down. Usually when it's five and a half or six, you get pretty good odds on the first period over. I think I think it's showing one twenty minus one twenty five right now, which for a first period over is pretty pretty fair. Um so maybe I'll play that. Um but yeah, as far as the sides go, I mean I lean Carolina. Um if I had to put, you know, a bet down, but I'll probably stay off this one just given, you know, the new year and both goalies have been playing well. I, I just it could be a 5-1 game, but either way, or it could be a one nothing game. So just don't have a lot of uh, feel for this one. Yeah, Svechnikov, Aho, Jarvis, Nason, four props for Carolina. 
definitely they're on fire all four of them right now we've talked about nason before uh still on the second line on the power play but aho's rolling svechnikov's rolling jarvis is really starting to heat up man is that ever a good sight for carolina hurricanes fans because they've been waiting for him to start finding his footing uh and he suddenly is for them and then for the uh, new york rangers uh, i mean artemi panera we just saw him have a hat trick seven points in the last four games uh six goals one assist Kreider with two goals, seven assists, nine points the last six games. We've talked about Blake Wheeler before, too. One goal, five assists, six points in the last six games for him. Uh, but no doubt Kreider and uh, and Panarin, for sure, uh, are heating up for the uh, New York Rangers. Throw in a little Alexi Lafreniere as well. He's got a goal and three assists, four points in the last three games for the uh, Rangers. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, this side, is, I want nothing to do with this side, quite honestly. Uh, these are two teams I'd rather back now than fade. Let's put it that way. So there's no reason to bet aside. Uh, as far as the draw, um, I just don't like the price enough because with this game being close to even money, you don't you only get like plus 340 or so with the draw. You don't get as good of a price. And to be honest with you, we have not seen overtime in the last 10 meetings between these two teams. And we have not seen uh, Carolina or the Rangers go to that many overtime games recently either. So uh, this is a draw that I'm going to stay off. Uh, here in this one i actually see a couple of books out there that have five and a half with this total i thought it was six everywhere but there are a couple of five and a halfs juiced a little bit but five and a half minus 125 at the score bet it looks like there's a minus 135 at FanDuel, but there's a over five and a half minus 125 at the score bet the ontario based sports book so I, at that number in price i'll i will lock in a small over bet Five and a half minus one twenty-five, just based on what we're seeing from these two offenses. All right, Washington Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got the uh, Penguins minus one eighty. Uh, the total six here in this game. Um, I, I just don't feel comfortable laying this price with Pittsburgh. Um, and I know I took a shot with St. Louis. St. Louis or Pittsburgh beating St. Louis on Saturday was the first time that the Penguins had won uh, as a minus one seventy-five home favorite or larger this season. But they're still only one and three, you know, as a home favorite of minus 175 or more. I just this I, I don't feel comfortable laying this price with them. However, you know, they've won three in a row, five of their last six. You're seeing the, the them turn a bit of a corner. You know, the offense is starting to roll. The power plays back in gear again after that brutal stretch they had where they almost 40 attempts with the power play without a goal. Suddenly the power play is uh, cashing in. Um, they had a nice three to one win against the Islanders, although the Islanders, I thought, had the better of the play. But Nadalkovich had one of his best games playing some really good hockey. So while I don't want to lay this price with Pittsburgh, there's no way I'm taking Washington either uh, here in this game against this uh, Penguins team, which is starting to play a little bit better, especially a Washington team that I, I don't want to make it sound like they're completely coming back down to earth. But they have lost four in a row. You figured, you know, there was going to be some regression. Uh, this team finding out that. Maybe they were overperforming uh, expectations a little bit uh, the last few games, and it's starting to look that way. Uh, four straight uh, defeats against the Lightning Rangers, Islanders, and Predators going into this game. I do like this draw a little bit, though. Uh, we've got a Washington team that's gone to overtime or a shootout in five of their last seven games, so they're 5-2 and two to the draw uh, in their last seven games. It's a pretty strong track record. Uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, in their last eight games, we've seen three go past regulation. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, we've seen a shootout or overtime two of the last six between these two uh, rivals, although the rivalry's kind of cooled off a little bit. 
uh, between them uh, the last uh, few years because Washington's not as good. Pittsburgh's not as good. But there is still Crosby on one side and Ovechkin on the other side. And you know that'll get some hype uh, going into tonight. But for me, just a small look toward the uh, draw uh, here in this game. We'll see what the goaltending matchup is. I know Washington and Pittsburgh historically, uh, there's been more overs than unders. Uh, but I want to know what the goaltending is. It looks like Kemper and Jari. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of Kemper in terms of his season overall. Uh, 3.16 goals against 892 save percentage. He's given up five goals uh, in each of his last two starts against the Islanders and the Rangers. So he is definitely having some issues. And with him confirmed in net, definitely more interested in the over than I would have been otherwise. And it's five and a half minus 115 at Patano. I'm in. At that number and price, hell yeah, I'm in. Over five and a half minus 115 at Patano Sportsbook for Washington Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? What do you like Capitals Penguins? Yeah, I love the over at uh, five and a half. I think six is maybe uh, being optimistic at a potential push bet. Um, The draw might be worth sprinkling a bit on just given the history of the two teams. Um, And then as far as props go, I tend to do it every time these two teams match up. Um, I'll do a player prop of Ovi and Crosby to each record at least a point. Um, I think Ovi's like minus 180 because he's obviously had a slower start to the year. Um, and then I think Crosby's like minus 300. But you can usually get some decent money, maybe throw two points on each of them as well. Just something to make it fun. Um, or you could do like both of them to score, which I think would be you know plus money for both of them. I, Crosby's probably pretty close, but... Um, anyway, yeah, I always like to do something fun, just given the history of the two. Uh, but yeah, finding over five and a half, I'd probably stay off it at six, but at five and a half minus, what'd you say? 120, 125. Um, I, I feel like that's a no brainer. Um, just given Kemper being in Jari's been up and down, you know, had some great games, had some off games, Pittsburgh, you never know if it's going to be a seven, nothing game, which would hit on its own. So, uh, so, yeah, I would definitely lean towards the over on that one. Size-wise, I, I definitely wouldn't play Pittsburgh minus 180. You can take a chance on the Caps plus 150. Um, obviously, some good value there, given that I do feel like it's sort of a toss-up game. But, you know, Pittsburgh at home, the Caps have started to struggle a little bit as of late. They kind of were heating up and then, you know, leveled off a bit. So, uh, probably stay off the sides there. All right, fair enough. Good stuff. Um, all right. In terms of props, I'll throw out a couple for well, Washington. Um, Mantha's been better lately. Uh, Wilson and Strom, no issues there. Uh, Ovechkin had <laughs> that power play goal, and he's been kind of quiet since then. Uh, but for Pittsburgh, there's a bunch of different players that are worth a look because there's multiple players feeling it right now. Um, Malkin's heating up. Riley Smith's been pretty good lately. And the one that's really given this Penguins team a boost uh, since he returned to the lineup mid-December uh, is uh, Ricard Raquel. Two goals and five points in the last uh, five games here for the um, Pittsburgh Penguins. So uh, keep an eye on his props maybe tonight. Ricard Raquel has returned and he's made an impact here for this uh, Pittsburgh Penguins team, which has been uh, good to see. Uh, and part of the reason why we've seen this team be a better offensive team here in uh, recent games, like I said, Malkin with five points over the last four games, including three goals. Riley Smith's got four points in four games. So those are the ones really mainly getting the uh, job done. And if you're looking for the up the lineup uh, value uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, we did have a, uh, for a time there, we did have Pustinen and Drew O'Connor 
up on the top six, but it looks like Mike Sullivan's dropped them back down to the third line. Lars Eller's another candidate. Two goals against the Islanders in that victory, three in the last four games. So there's another one that uh, might be under the radar, starting to heat up offensively, like many of these Pittsburgh Penguins have been doing the last uh, several games. All right, let's move on. Montreal-Dallas. We've got Dallas minus 300 home favorites. Matt Robinson's Dallas Stars. Uh, the total six and a half here in this game. Uh, as usual with the uh, Dallas Stars against a uh, inferior opponent at home. Uh, it's an astronomical price. Not one I'm interested in. Uh, but we did see Dallas lay the smackdown in a big way. They kind of fiddly fooled around with Chicago in the first game uh, of the back-to-back against the Blackhawks. And then uh, they did not fiddly fool around with Chicago the second game uh, as they uh, took care of business big time uh, against the uh, Blackhawks on uh, New Year's Eve with a uh, big beatdown, 8-1 uh, to one, uh, over the uh, uh, Chicago Blackhawks in that game. So it was a pretty impressive, dominant performance. And shout out to, and didn't I, we, we actually called it on this show. We said the first game against Chicago, it was the Hints robertson pavelski line that really dominated the game offensively. And I said, that's pretty good. And they're capable of doing that. But it's rare lately that they've been the dominant line. And it's rare that that second line took a back seat to that top line. Well, the second line responded in kind uh, in the 8-1 to beatdown uh, over uh, Chicago uh, in the uh, rematch. Because uh, that second line was just absolutely on fire uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars in that uh, 8-1 uh, crushing of the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, Mason Marchment uh, getting the Hattie. Uh, Sagan, uh, what did he have? Two points on that line. Uh, as well, Duchesne, a multi-point game as well. And that group, I mean, we've talked about it. No one knows that better than Matt either. Sagan, Marchment, and Duchesne, they've been absolutely outstanding here uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, all season. So you know from a prop standpoint, they're all good value right now uh, as far as props are concerned. I like that angle from Cuban to Don off tonight. Sneaky pick because he played for Montreal. It's that former team angle. He wasn't there long uh, in Montreal, but uh, you could definitely see uh, maybe him making an impact offensively here tonight uh, in this game. Scott Wedgwood once again in net with Jake Ottinger still on the IR. It'll be Sam Montembeau uh, getting the nod for Montreal here uh, in this game. Um, there's three totals bets I've got in this game. I'm on Montreal's team total over two and a half again. Because the one thing Dallas can do, especially in these sleepy environments, especially coming off a big beatdown like that against Chicago, this is the spot where I could see Dallas be a little lackadaisical defensively. In, in spurts during this game tonight. So Montreal probably should have cashed the team total against Florida. Stolarz was great. They did cash the team total for me against Tampa Bay uh, in their last road game. They lost 4-3, but the Canadians hit the over 2.5 for me with their team total. I'm going to go back to the well with that. Uh, I don't know if I have enough uh, <laughs> confidence to take plus 250. But I might sprinkle on it, but I like the draw a little bit here as well. Uh, in this, I think it's a close game. I think Montreal is going to bring it tonight. It's funny how this Canadians team is. They play good teams on the road. They're a thorn in the backside. You know, we've seen it over and over. Remember when they went out west, they played Vegas. They gave Vegas a hell of a tough game uh, in that one. So uh, that that those are the looks here for me. A little bit on the draw. The Montreal team total over two and a half specifically. And it's even more than that. Two favorite looks. Let's go back to the well with first period and full game over with the uh, Dallas Stars. I mean, obviously it came through against Chicago 
uh, in the uh, last two games, both the first period and the full game over. So we had that little two-game losing streak with Dallas first period overs after the 11 straight first period overs they had. Then we went to 11-2. and two. Well, now it's back to 13-2 and two, uh, in the last 15 games for Dallas first period over. So I, going back to that, well, uh, I haven't talked to Alex today. I haven't checked his card. I don't think he sent it yet, but I'm sure that'll be on his card uh, too, without a doubt. Uh, and I'm also going to get in on that first or full game over as well here in this one. Also like Anderson and Slavkovsky, yet again, surprise, surprise, uh, for player props on the Montreal side. Uh, undervalued. They're both in the top six. I'll throw out those Suzuki for sure. Ten points in the last eight games. And Mike Matheson, the blue liner, one goal, six assists, seven points in the last six games for Montreal. So uh, some good prop options there for the Montreal Canadiens tonight as well. Matt, what do you think here for your stars hosting the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited to see this game. Obviously, coming off an 8-1 win. Um, as a Stars fan, I think Montreal is going to score in the first like two minutes. Just That's just how things go. Um, so I do like the Montreal team total over. I'm definitely going to be on the over as well as the first period over. Um, I honestly may sprinkle Dallas to have over one and a half in the first period. Um, I think it's like plus 150, 170, um, I think, or 190 on Bavada. Um, I think I think there will be at least three goals in this first period. Um, Montreal definitely is going to score, but I do think Dallas, if they continue to be hot, you know, they do score in bunches when they do get rolling. Um, a couple of props that I like on my end, Marchman, anytime goal scorer is plus 280. Um, which I know you have been taking Marchman a lot. The price is still that high on him. It's, it's yeah. amazing. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then the other one, so you mentioned game one against Chicago, that first line was sort of the dominant line, the Rupe, Hens, Robertson, Pavelski. Obviously, Hens had the Hattie. Um, game two, you know, that line still had some production, but much quieter. I mean, an 8-1 win, you know, goals were coming from. Sam Steele, Ryan Suter. Too bad Alex didn't have him as the bargain uh, for New Year's Eve. Uh, I'm sure the price was like plus 1,500. Um, But yeah, goals were everywhere. So I do think that first line may bounce back and be the dominant line tonight. I'm hoping that both lines uh, are good as a Stars fan. But Rupe Hintz has four in his last two games. He still found a way to score last game. He's had a really slow start to his year. you know, coming off last year, his playoffs, he was a dominant player for Dallas. So I think he's starting to heat up. Um, the juice isn't as good as it could be. He's plus 108 to score tonight. Um, but I do, I, I like it enough that I think I'm going to take that as well. Um, I think the draw is not a bad play. I could see a 3-3 overtime. You know, maybe Dallas sneaks it in like they did against Chicago. Uh, excuse me, that was 4-4, but either way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like the over. Um, I do think Dallas will give up at least a couple goals. I, I think it'll either be two or three. So the the Montreal team total is sort of a toss-up for me. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping they keep rolling. Um, I hope they, you know, I hope it's 5-3 Dallas so that your team total over hits and the game over hits and, you know, goals in the first period. So, um, yeah, I uh, I expect there to be a lot of goals again. Um, I think the over is a pretty safe play with Dallas right now, uh, especially given Montreal, you know, finds a way to stay in games. They score some goals. They've got some firepower. So that'll be my big play is the over the sides. As you mentioned, you know, if you feel 
Dallas is going to get upset. Plus 240 is enticing. But, you know, in games with these biggest sides, I, I tend to stay off it unless I feel super confident or maybe parlay Dallas money line with a couple other, you know, big favorites. That's always an option. But, um, but yeah, I'll probably stay off the sides in this one. Unless, yeah. and sorry, one more point. Uh, and I mentioned this to Alex in the, uh, in the, the first meeting with Chicago Dallas. Dallas loves to give up two goals to bad teams so that their betters can go on and money line them live, you know, for plus money. That's off. why they do it, huh? That's just for yeah. that reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually did live them down to nothing um, in that, in that game. It wasn't, it was still like plus 110. So it wasn't like, you know, normal juice you'd get down to nothing in the first period. Um, but it is, you know, if Dallas does give up a quick one to Montreal, you may want to money line them because they're, you know, always there to come back. So that's my two cents. That's true. And they usually are pulling off their share of comebacks when they've given those spotted those teams that early lead. Uh, and uh, we saw it with Ottawa. We saw it with Chicago in the first meeting. Uh, and of course, uh, they've done that a lot and they've still in a lot of cases found a way to uh, come back. So uh, good analysis there, of course, because he knows his team inside and out. Uh, Gold Caulfield says, Mike, uh, in the uh, chat, uh, I wouldn't uh, disagree. I mean, he's got multi consecutive games with a goal now for the uh, Canadians. The only problem with Caulfield is plus 180. You know, it's, it doesn't exactly tickle my bargain bin buying bone. That's a mouthful. But yeah, there you go. It doesn't exactly. Uh, uh, get that the juice is flowing as far as the value uh, quotient that is concerned, but still, I mean, you can't argue with it. He's definitely been starting to heat up, and you know what Cole Caulfield can be like when he starts scoring. It could go for a few. It could go for several games. Uh, there's no question. Uh, all right, let's move along. Chicago and Nashville. Uh, we've got the uh, Predators minus two ninety home favorites in this game. Music City six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this one. Uh, Blackhawks, of course, I. Blackhawks certainly after that eight to one game, I, like there's always that question: Are they good enough, you know, to beat Nashville here on the road? That's definitely some truth to that. But I mean, you're I would think in theory, conceptually, you're going to get a great effort from Chicago tonight. You know, you get absolutely embarrassed like that, uh, eight to one uh, by the uh, Dallas Stars. Luke Richardson won't put up with that. And even though he's only 18 years old, he's a rookie, Connor Bedard. You know, absolutely, you absolutely know that he is going to uh, not take kindly to see his team get beaten up like that, beaten down like that by Dallas. So uh, I think you're going to get a good effort from Chicago. The problem is uh, any thoughts I had toward taking Chicago and I had to get the hell right off it once I saw Arvid Soderblom uh, confirmed mm -hmm. in net for the uh, Chicago yep. Blackhawks. To say this guy's been atrocious lately would be an understatement. Like it's just been absolutely awful. Uh, when he has been starting a game. And unfortunately for Luke Richardson, he's been wearing Morozik into the ice. And we uh, we talked about this. Fatigue for Morozik, it's a concern. He had started like eight games in 20 days for a guy that's been injury-plagued the last few years, has not been used to playing such a, a large amount of games in a short period of time. Um, and suddenly, you know, we saw him hit a wall. He got absolutely shelled in that game against Dallas the other night. And Soderblom came in and replaced him. Uh, in that uh, eight to one game. But prior to that, in his last three starts, Soderblom's given up 17 goals, four, seven, and six. Okay, that is not a goalie playing with confidence right now. Um, and that's something that's con concerning, obviously, when you're playing a Nashville Predators team that, you know, have uh, come out of the uh, Christmas break 
you know, and they've actually been scoring goals quite a bit uh, lately. But the last two games, they had a three-two win in a shootout against Washington, five-four loss in overtime against uh, Detroit. Um, I am actually going to play the draw here. I simply have to out of principle. When I see Chicago, two of the last three have gone to overtime. Nashville's played overtime or shootout in back-to-back games, and I know Chicago is going to give an effort here tonight after an embarrassment. Uh, I'd rather have the draw than asking Chicago to win. Uh, because uh, if it comes to a shootout, I'll tell you what, I would rather have uh, UC Soros in a heartbeat over Arvid Soderblom. So the draw to me is, is still, I think, potential here. It's live. And for me, I'm going to go with probably another first period over, full game over split. I mean, it's been pretty crazy to see here with Nashville that, you know, we think of this team going back way back when Barry Trotz coached them as this under machine. They've actually gone over in four of the last six games. Uh, entering tonight against the uh, Blackhawks. We'll see if that continues. Uh, They only played each other uh, twice earlier this season. Uh, There was a 4-2 game in Nashville, a 4-3 game uh, in Chicago, and that most recent meeting in Chicago, uh, early December, went to a shootout. So it tells you right there that maybe the draw is live uh, in this game at a very good plus price. So a little bit on the draw for me, and probably going to go with this uh, first period full game over. I'm just going to do some quick... um, uh, looking and the thing is, we've I've got so many Matt windows open here and stats and info and shit written down in front of me that we can uh, quickly look this uh, stuff up. But uh, I am very interested from a Chicago standpoint in the recent uh, totals trends that they have had uh, with Soderblom uh, in net. So I'm just going to pull this up right now quickly here uh, with the uh, roster. Okay, here we go. Uh, goaltenders Arvid Soderblom, and we're going to look at the uh, recent uh, trajectory of his starts. Uh, we know he started the uh, St. Louis game. That didn't go well. Uh, we know he started the, uh, uh, and let me see. Seattle. The game. Seattle, Seattle game. He gave up seven in that one. And the first period went over in that St. Louis game uh, that he gave up seven. Uh, and then, of course, the Seattle game, which was the uh, seven to one loss in that game. Uh, first period also went over. Full game went over. So we've seen a lot of first period full game over dual caches in Arvid Soderblom starts lately. So. Yeah, sign me up for that. What do you think here, uh, Matt, Chicago, Nashville? Yeah, I thought the same thing when I saw plus 240. You got to think Chicago's due for a win. Um, but once I saw Soderblom, I'm definitely not taking that side. Um, I do think they'll come Doesn't out hard. feel like the first period, Matt, where it's like 10-4, the shots for Chicago, just because they come out, they carry the play after getting embarrassed, but they're down 2-1 to one or something because Arvid gives up like two on four shots or something. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely be on the first period over and and the game over as well. Um, But as I was just kind of scrolling through some of the odds, something I love, um, and I think this is a great value, um, the Chicago Blackhawks to score a goal in the first period is only minus 135. Um, I think think it's very likely they come out and score early. Um, That's why I do love the over on the first period. But that's a great, you know, just for them to hopefully score a goal in that first 20 minutes at minus 135. Um, just to put it in perspective, Nashville's same stat line is minus 275. Um, you know, that's astronomical. I think that's great value. So I love that Blackhawks scoring in the first period. I love the first period over. And then I love the game over because I do think Nashville might have seven goals uh, <laughs> on Soderblom. Um but as you mentioned, I do think Chicago's due. Um, 
I, I, I think the draw is a possibility. Maybe they get to overtime and then blow it in overtime. Um, so I, I may sprinkle the draw here just given that Chicago needs a win, but it, it's just tough for me with, with that goalie and that, uh, cause I know they'll have to score. So, you know, that just leans into why not just take the over, um, and be happy there. <laughs> so. Exactly. And it's just been so wretched. I mean, 17 goals allowed in the last three starts. I mean, that is just, that's just horrendous. That's just tough to get over that tough to see past that, you know, and trying to make a strong case for Chicago here. Uh, tonight in this game, but the effort should be there after getting drubbed eight one. And I like that look that the just ask Chicago to score a goal uh, in the first period uh, coming off that uh, debacle in the uh, second of the back to back against Dallas. And again, when you look at these first period team totals, they're often a good look and I'm seeing, yeah, minus one thirty five minus one forty five. It's a reasonable enough price. Uh, no question. So uh, definitely uh, you can make a case for that. As far as props go, yeah, Bedard had the point streak snap, but let's not lose sight of things. Nine points still in the last seven games for him. So uh, he's obviously a threat, in my opinion. Kurashev has five points, one goal, four assists in the last five games uh, for Chicago, and he's the line mate for uh, Bedard. And look at a little lineup change here. We got Felino, Dickinson, Blackwell, the second line. But look who's up on the top line. Here's a nice little uh, snag potentially tonight. Anthony Beauvillier for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's only got one goal in the last um, eight games for Chicago, um, but he does have uh, three points in the last six games for the for Chicago. And now he's going to move up to the uh, top line tonight with uh, Connor Bedard. So uh, good to see that. Uh, he's got one, two, three, four. Sorry, he's got five points in the last eight games for Chicago. They're all... Uh, assists, I believe, though, during that span uh, for uh, Anthony Beauvillier, except one was a goal, but the others were assists. But he's up on the top line tonight, uh, Beauvillier, with Bedard and Kurashev. So I'm definitely going to look at uh, Beauvillier uh, props here tonight as a result. These are the situations we look for. These are the situations we try to thrive on uh, throughout the course of the season. And I'm seeing at FanDuel, Matt, a nice, healthy plus 430 for Anthony Beauvillier to score a goal tonight playing alongside a uh, Connor Bedard. So, um, wow. Great value. That's you better believe that's on the bargain bin special of the night contenders list, uh, right now for yours truly. Uh, absolutely. And then for Nashville, cause we do think they're going to be able to score some goals tonight. I'm going back to the Gus bus, Gus Nyquist, man, seven points in the last five games, four goals in the last, uh, three, uh, four goals, three assists, uh, in the last, uh, let me get this right. Yeah, four goals, three assists, seven points in the last five games uh, for Gustav Nyquist. 100%. He has been absolutely terrific uh, for the uh, Predators uh, with O'Reilly and with uh, Forsberg uh, on that top line. Colton Sissons on the second line. Not bad if you're looking for a little bang for your buck. Uh, Colton Sissons has four points in the last five games uh, for Nashville. Uh, someone in the chat mentioning uh, Thomas Novak. He does have an assist in back-to-back -back games, and he's someone we cast with a lot last year as far as player props. So is that a sign of him being able to uh, get things going a little bit here? I, I don't mind that look. I think he's done some damage against Chicago too, if I'm not mistaken, Thomas Novak. So I think that's the appeal that I think some of our chat people have for uh, uh, Thomas Novak as far as props go. Evangelista, keep an eye on him. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for him to explode because he's got offensive upside for sure. Luke Evangelista, he snapped an ugly goal drought with a goal against Washington. You know how that can work sometimes. You get that monkey off your back, and then all of a sudden the floodgates might open. So 
I like that momentum bet maybe for Evangelista, a guy that couldn't buy a goal, finally scored the other night against Washington, and maybe tonight he can tally one uh, once again. All right, Calgary, Minnesota. We've got uh, even money here, minus 110 both sides, uh, the total six uh, across the board uh, in this one. Uh, I agree with the move toward the Flames. There's still a part of me that worries about, you know, Minnesota being able to maintain this level of play that they've had since the coaching change. Uh, they split uh, or they lost both games over the weekend against the Winnipeg Jets, although a very good Winnipeg team. If you look at Calgary, uh, they played in Minnesota just recently, mid-December. I thought they deserved a better fate. They lost in a shootout 3-2 uh, to two, uh, to the Minnesota Wild. They lost at home to Calgary, or they lost in Calgary, I should say, to Minnesota as well, 5-2. to two. December the 5th. So Minnesota's 2-0, but you look at Minnesota coming into tonight's game uh, against the Calgary Flames, it is a banged-up, banged-up team, big time. I mean, already without, obviously, Matt Zuccarello. Kaprizov is now going to be out uh, for at least the next uh, one to two weeks. That is significant. That's obviously huge. And I know he's had some ups and downs. It hasn't been as great a season for Kaprizov, but it's he's still a big, big loss for this team. There's no question about that. Uh, Brodine is still out on the blue line. Uh, Marcus Foligno is day-to-day -day, uh, going into tonight's game uh, due to an undisclosed lingering injury. So he is a question mark to suit up tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, there's just they're just a very, very banged-up, depleted hockey team right now. Uh, there's no question. And Philip Gustafson, of course, who has been primarily their number one goalie this year, is now also on the uh, IR at the moment for the uh, Minnesota Wild, which means Marc-Andre Fleury by default gets the start tonight. It'll be Jacob Markstrom uh, getting the nod for uh, Calgary. And for Markstrom, this has been a pretty uh, nice start for him. Uh, he had a pretty uh, solid outing against uh, Philadelphia as the uh, Flames uh, ended up getting the 4-3 to three win. And really, since he came back from, he was out until mid-December, he's come back and he's given up three goals or less in four of his five starts. And he's gone uh, three and two in his five starts. The only losses were a hard luck, tough loss to Seattle, two to one, and then a five three loss to LA. Uh, other than that, he's played pretty well. So I do like Calgary here. I agree with the move. I still would play it at minus 110. Uh, and that's it. That's it for me. Maybe the draw, but I, I don't like this draw as much. I just like Calgary here uh, at around even money. I agree with the move. I actually got in on it a little better price, plus 112, plus 110. And now it's moved to even money. And the reason why the betting markets have moved so much to Calgary is all these injuries for a very shorthanded wild team right now. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Flames wild. Yeah, this is sort of a, a toss up for me. I do lean flames. I think I would take flames money line at that, uh, at that value. I just saw in the chat though, that flurry can tie law all time tonight, which, you know, obviously we'll have Minnesota playing well in front of them. Um, but at the same time, you know, Calgary doesn't want to uh, be the one to give that up as well. Um, I know that the last time they played in early December, it was also in Minnesota, went to a shootout um, that Minnesota ended up taking the two points. Um, I I kind of agree with you. I, if Gustafson was in, I may consider the draw here. Um, but I I know that Fleury's, you know, got a milestone potential night. I just don't like his play the last, you know, even season and a half. Um, so I don't, I don't think I could side with the draw. So I think I'll just stay on Calgary. Um, I think it could go under. I don't love the over. So I think my only play here would be Calgary um, money line. 
Yeah, it's kind of like for both of us that that under of the night that goes over because I can't pick an under worth a damn, worth a shit. So uh, it could end up being over then. Uh, but no, I agree. I, I would lean under with this total. Minnesota's playing tight, low-scoring hockey right now for the most part. Other than that Detroit game when Reimer's in net, Detroit's been an over machine. So you kind of have to throw that one out. Other than that, we've seen a lot of unders with uh, Minnesota here the last few games. And Calgary's, you know, kind of a team with Markstrom in good form that's kind of been trending under here three of their last five games as well. So, uh, yeah, I like Calgary here. And then as far as props go tonight, um, let me just see here what we've got. Uh, there are a bunch for Calgary. Um, you know, obviously I would say – uh, for them, Sharon Govich has cooled off a little. I do want to point that out with uh, Sharon Govich. He has started to cool off just a little bit uh, with his player props. Blake Coleman's been good, though. Blake Coleman, uh, I would say, still consider uh, maybe props involving him tonight. And then for Minnesota, Johansson is with Erickson Eck and Boldy. Anyone on that top line, you could consider props for them. Ryan Hartman, I'm going back to the well with Hartman. We've talked about how he's starting to heat up offensively for the uh, wild and then how about one that we might be able to take advantage of i think someone in the chat already mentioned it called up from the ahl not only going to be in the lineup but it looks like he's going to be slotted in in the second line tonight for the uh minnesota wild playing with uh hartman and rossi and that's nick Patin, as i like to say it with the french accent <laughs> nick Patin. Uh, nick Patin here for the for the minnesota wild uh plus 550 uh for him to score a goal tonight uh at uh yeah plus 550 at FanDuel. wow and he's going to be on the second line so i'm telling you uh not not a bad uh, option there for uh, nick patan to score a goal Kadri for a goal uh Kadri shooting the puck a lot yeah cuban I, I i i see that um i wish the prices were better like plus 180 it's not exactly the kind of price range i like but I could see why you like him to find the back of the net. All right, Tampa Bay, Winnipeg. We've got the Jets minus 135, home favorites, uh, six the total, shaded to the over in this game. Um, I haven't bet it yet, but I might get there with Winnipeg. I don't I don't want Tampa on the road. It's that simple. Uh, I have seen enough of Tampa Bay on the road this year that I just don't have any confidence in them. Seven and 12 uh, away from home this year. And it's I think it's been even worse when they played really good teams on the road. Like the teams they've beaten on the road, like Seattle, Washington, uh, St. Louis, um, that, that, you know, they did beat Edmonton, but that was a game where they got outshot 57 to 24. And Vasilevsky had one of these, you know, Marty Brodeur performances, which we know he's capable of. But uh, my goodness, uh, right now he has uh, um, been up and down really since that game. And uh, I just like what I'm seeing out of Winnipeg. Uh, they've played great hockey. They're seven and three in their last 10. Uh, and the losses were one goal loss in a flat spot to San Jose, 3-2 loss in overtime to Montreal, and a 2-1 overtime loss in Chicago in a game they outplayed the Blackhawks that night. So, And they just beat Minnesota back-to-back. -back. They also have home wins against Boston and Detroit uh, during this stretch of games. Uh, Winnipeg's pretty good at home, 12-7 and uh, going into this game. Uh, they're also a little bit of a healthier team right now. They haven't. I shouldn't say they haven't missed Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor is an amazing offensive player. We know that. They do miss him, but it hasn't felt like they've missed him because they haven't skipped a beat without Kyle Connor uh, in the lineup, Winnipeg. And Shifley's been producing, and Gabe Velarde's been red hot since he's been back. Ehlers and Morrissey from the back end, and suddenly Niederreiter and Perfetti and Nemesnikov, and you're getting some of these other forwards to step up a little bit here. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes in this one. We should see Vasilevsky Hellebuck. It is confirmed. That's a pretty good goaltending matchup, but 
Uh, for me, it's Winnipeg here, and it's reasonable enough price at minus 135. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Matt? Lightning Jets. Yeah, I agree with you on uh, – I can't take Tampa on the road this year. They just have been so inconsistent, and as you've got into – the teams they are beating are, are bad teams, and I think Winnipeg's played some really good hockey this season. Um, any given night, Hellebuck can be a stud. Um, the one play I really like here, and I I, do, I may also take the money line because it is pretty good value, but three straight home puck lines for Winnipeg. And again, as you mentioned, Boston, Detroit, uh, and Minnesota. I mean, Colorado, they beat 6-2 here? I mean, my goodness. Yeah, they they're home performances. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm showing like anywhere from plus one seventy five to even plus one eighty five, um, which to me, you know, with with Hellebuck in net, he's gonna have some juice. You know, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky, you know, two of the better goalies in the league. He always is gonna want to play well against uh, a guy like that. And I I think Vasi's kind of he's you know taking a step back this season. And there's there could be injuries involved. I know he was out for some time. Um, but he just hasn't looked like the same Massey, especially on the road. Um, so, yeah, I love Winnipeg here. I would definitely take the money line if you want to be safe. Um, but I think I'm going to put um, a little sprinkle on the puck line as well, just given the given the past few games for them and, and what the value is at there. And you know what's pretty crazy, too, is the Jets. Um, they've won three in a row head-to-head against Tampa, and they've won five straight against Tampa hosting them here in Winnipeg. And those were a lot of years where Tampa Bay is one of the best teams in the NHL, winning Stanley Cups contenders. And Winnipeg's been up and down. And Winnipeg still, you know, had the better of the head-to-head series, especially here in the peg. 5-0 and for Winnipeg. The last five games they've hosted Tampa Bay. So uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, in my opinion. Uh, as far as uh, props go uh, in this game, uh, I mean, we don't even have to talk about Kucherov. He's been absolutely amazing, yeah. but. Uh, there's a couple that I want to point out for Tampa Bay, uh, other than obviously the obvious with Kucherov. Hagel is playing on the top line with uh, Point and Paul. Paul on the top line, worth a look maybe as well. And then for Winnipeg, uh, take your pick. Um, you know they've got multiple players right now in good form for them, but I'd spe- you know I'd specify Velarde, Perfetti, even Nemestikov, and even Niederreiter. I mean, all of a sudden here's Nino for the uh, Jets with four goals in the last four games. So we know he's capable, and uh, we'll see if he can uh, get the um, uh, get the uh, job done here tonight against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning again. But Nino Niederreiter starting to heat up for Winnipeg. All right, Florida, Arizona. We've got Florida minus 170 road favorites, sticks the total here in this game. Uh, Panthers, of course, starting a, a road trip out west. Uh, we'll see how they are able to uh, handle it. They won four straight coming into this game. A very good home stand for them, winning three in a row at home against Vegas, the Rangers, and the Canadians, but also a road win against Tampa Bay uh, in the mix. So playing good hockey. They did not fare too well the last time they went out west, though. So that is something to a point in mind. Um, I'm not comfortable with Florida in this price range. They're obviously playing good hockey. How about Arizona, though? Six and one the last seven games. We talk ad nauseum about how good they are at Mullet Arena, and they continue to get the job done here. Four straight home wins, San Jose, Buffalo, Ottawa, and then the last game was that four to nothing down to come back to beat Colorado at home 5-4 the last time uh, this team played here on home ice. So I'm compelled to maybe do a small Arizona and draw split here uh, in this game. I would certainly lean in that direction. They They actually beat Florida three to one at home last year 
uh, when these uh, two teams played as well. So, you know, this Arizona team has just been a uh, nightmare team to play here at the Mullet, where they're 12-5 and five on the season for this Coyotes team uh, here on home ice. Uh, the goaltending matchup tonight is slated to be uh, Vimelka for Arizona, Bobrovsky for Florida. Now, Vimelka has had some, you know, struggles this year. Let's put it that way. He was in net for that 5-4 win against Colorado where he gave up the four goals, but he also shut the door from that point on and allowed uh, Arizona to come back. And to be honest with you, over the last couple of weeks, he's been a lot better. Four straight starts, he's won. He has a 1.57 goals against, 939 save percentage in his last four starts, including a couple of shutouts. So um, I think Arizona definitely could surprise and jump up and surprise Florida here tonight a little bit. So dog and draw for me with the uh, Coyotes here. What do you think in this one, uh, Matt? Yeah, I, I love Arizona at home, um, especially given the plus 150. I think I'll definitely dabble with that, just given, you know, how they've been playing at Mullet. Um, I do think Florida, you know, could easily take this game. They've been playing really good hockey as well. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably look at Arizona money line here. I do lean towards the over. Um, I'll have to see kind of where it lands, um, whether I'm going to place it or maybe live it, um, you know, things like that. And then I do think just given the fact it's in Arizona, um, I think I'm going to take the Arizona team total over at two and a half. Um, I feel like, you know, they're able to score goals in bunches at the mullet. That Colorado game was a prime example. They, you know, give up four early and then, are able to come back and win that in overtime. Um, so yeah, I think I think I'm going to take that. Um, I haven't really looked. First period over is a maybe for me. Um, I feel like it's got potential as well. Um, so maybe it'll come down to do I take the first period over and think things slow down a bit, or do I just take the game over? You know, hope for those two or three goals in the first to kind of give you a you know a, a low sweat through the rest of the game if you can get those early goals. So. Um, yeah, I, I love Arizona here though. It's tough to not take them plus money at home like that. Um, so yeah. All right. And as far as props go, there's a lot Florida. I mean, look, Evan Rodriguez, he's rolling the last few games. Reinhardt, Kachuk, Verhage, Barkov. I mean, they're all, they're all producing. They're all in good form. So whatever props you want to take for any of those guys, players, I wouldn't, uh, talk you out of it. And then on the Arizona side, Kraus is starting to heat up again. Matias Michelli has been good uh, for this uh, Coyotes team in recent games. And I'll especially shout out Alex Kerfoot, the veteran, who's centering that top line and has two goals, five assists, seven points in the last six games for the uh, Coyotes. And how about Sean Dursey, defenseman? Seven points in the last four games for him. So any kind of props, goal, assist, points, or otherwise for Dursey might be decent option here as well all right philadelphia edmonton oilers minus 180 home favorite six and a half the total in this one i'm going back to the draw here with the flyers uh they have been in one close game after another uh, of late uh and even the last time i took the draw with them against calgary we were this close to going to overtime again uh with the flyers it ended up being 4-3 uh, in favor of calgary in that game that close to overtime. The game was tied, actually, going into the third period as well. Uh, we'll see if uh, Philly can bounce back. They've now lost two in a row on this road trip, and it's not going to be easy as they take on an Edmonton Oilers team that uh, five straight wins. I think the run is now 15-2, and two, something like that, in their last seven games. Uh, I'm, I'm 
I, I'm pumping the brakes on stepping in front of Edmonton. That took LA against them, and Edmonton comes back and beats the Kings. Edmonton back to back pummels Anaheim, and I thought Anaheim could take advantage of the back to back spot for the Oilers, and they were just outclassed for the most part in that game. Uh, I'm willing to just say, you know what? Oilers are playing well. I'm not stepping in front of them. That being said, I'm also not laying minus 180 with the Oilers in this spot coming back home after two very satisfying wins on the West Coast. But I'm going to sprinkle on the draw because the Flyers seem to keep everyone in close games that they play, and it wouldn't surprise me to see maybe this be the night Edmonton kind of plays down a little bit after those two big wins on the weekend. So I'm going to sprinkle on the draw. That's about it. Uh, And, yes, Carter Hart, that's a good point with him starting. And Skinner, uh, of course, Stuart Skinner is going to be back in net for Edmonton. But Carter Hart is an Alberta kid, so Sherwood Park, that suburb of Edmonton, is where he's from. So he'll be uh, amped up to have a good start. And it wasn't one of his better games uh, when he played uh, against um, Calgary the other night. You know, the third period was kind of rough for him. So he'll be looking to bounce back. Family and friends, I'm sure, will be in attendance. So... Uh, yeah, draw for me. Nothing on the side other than the draw. The draw is very live here, I think. What do you think here in this one, Matt? Philadelphia, Edmonton. Yeah, it's tough because uh, Philly, as you mentioned, kind of they find a way to stay in games. I do think the draws is maybe worth the sprinkle here. Um, but at the same time, and I know that's going to be contradicting, I think Edmonton's just been hot lately. They're rolling. Um, they are at home, you know, coming off the new year. I do lean towards the puck line. Um, I think, you know, plus 135, plus 150, something like that is not a bad line for them to win by two. Um, Because, again, I think they can kind of break open. If they score a couple early, they seem to be rolling teams pretty bad. Um, I don't know if I'm for sure going to take it. I'm just saying that's what I would play. I'm I'm not going to play minus 180. Um, And then also Edmonton's team total, which, again, kind of, contradicts what you just said about Carter Hart and how he's, you know, maybe he'll, you know, bring it for this game. Um, Edmonton's team total over is three and a half at minus 125, which I think is a decent play. Um, if you do think Edmonton's going to come out and play how they have been, um, you know, could Carter Hart ruin that bet really quickly? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably going to pass on this game altogether. Uh, maybe a live over if, you know, the first 10 minutes go by and there's no goals and it drops down to five, five and a half. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd probably play the puck line if anything. Um, but I, there's just too much uncertainty here. So I'd probably just pass on the whole game. Oh, sorry about that. There we go. Uh, yeah, it's okay to pass uh, on a, a 13-game card. There's no question uh, about that. As far as props go, Farabee, uh, five points in the last four games. Igor Zamula, the defenseman, with two goals and two assists, four points in the last four games. I mean, you talk about Schwargen bin. Holy shit, you'll get a huge number with uh, Zamula right now, who's chipping in for the uh, Flyers. And then for Edmonton, I mean, Ryan McLeod's my favorite prop, um, one of my favorite props on the whole board tonight. And throw his buddy Fogel in there. I mean, that's what's taken Edmonton to another level during this run they put together. It's not just all on Dreisaitl and McDavid anymore and Kane and Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. They're getting Fogel. They're getting McLeod consistently putting the puck in the net these last few games for the Oilers. Makes all the friggin' difference in the world for them. Just take this team to another level when they get those secondary, tertiary players 
stepping up and scoring for them. Bogle with two goals, three points, three assists, five points against Anaheim and three goals in the last four games. So I like his props, but especially Ryan McLeod. Uh, unbelievable. This is a hot run for him. Uh, eight points in the last five games and five goals in the last five games for Ryan McLeod. So um, absolutely been outstanding for the uh, Edmonton Oilers and uh, oh, two of my favorite props of the night, especially McLeod uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, this guy's uh, putting it together. How the hell is he still I'm uh, bringing up the price here? Is that what I think it is with this price on McLeod? Plus 410? How is that possible? Holy shit. Plus 410 for Ryan McLeod at Patano to score a goal tonight uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. With five goals in the last five games. He's had how many multi-point games during this run? Uh, absolutely outstanding he's been. So plus 410, giddy up with uh, Ryan McLeod tonight. Uh, at that number. All right, New York Islanders and Colorado Avalanche. We've got uh, Colorado minus 180, home favorites, six the total here in this game, Islanders and Avs. I do like the over a little bit here with some concern that the Islanders offense has kind of gone south again two of these last three games. Maybe it was just playing Pittsburgh. They did score five against Washington, so maybe it was just a Pittsburgh thing. They play the Penguins twice. They scored two, one goal in the two games combined, so we'll see how he fares or uh, how they fare here tonight against Colorado. What I do know is we've seen some overs head-to-head -head with these two teams. Back in October, it was a pond hockey game. Colorado won 7-4 to four, uh, over the Islanders at UBS Arena in Long Island. Four of the last five meetings have gone over the total. Um, you got the Islanders off that 3-1 loss to uh, Pittsburgh, uh, looking to bounce back. These teams went to a shootout last year here in Denver at Ball Arena. Last December, it was one nothing Colorado in a shootout. So. Back to top, back to draw Island. We stayed off it for a little bit for a couple of games, but we're going back to the Thailanders here tonight with the draw with this Islanders Avs game and also over six uh, in this game. Barlamov uh, in net for the Islanders. Georgiev, so another little Russian battle. Get your Smirnov out uh, for this game. We've got Georgiev uh, and Barlamov uh, in net here with the Islanders against the uh, Avalanche. Um, Georgiev's been up and down in Barlamov. He's way too inconsistent for me. So uh, that doesn't deter me from over six. Uh, over six in the draw here for me. Uh, and Devon Taves, we'll get to the props in a minute, but that's the obvious choice. Former team, uh, they didn't re-sign him. They didn't want him back. Uh, stingy, uh, cheap, uh, sweet Lou didn't uh, put out a proper deal to keep him uh, in uh, Long Island. So you got to believe Devon Taves. And I wouldn't just stop at a point prop or an assist prop. I'd maybe take a shot with the goal prop. For Devon Taves tonight. I think he's always going to get fired up here uh, playing uh, the uh, New York Islanders uh, after they just basically lowballed him and said to, that, to hell with that. Uh, I'm going to sign somewhere else. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Matt? Islanders avalanche. Over. That's uh, that's definitely what I like, um, which is weird. After the last season, I would never put the over on the Islanders, but it, it, we've talked about it before. They're a totally different team. Um, the goaltending hasn't been what it was. They haven't been as defensive and they have been scoring more goals than uh, maybe the traditional Islanders uh, were doing. Um, so I love the over. I'll probably take the first period over as well. Um, look, I look for a fast start for Colorado. Um, you mentioned Taze. I think instead of a point or a goal, I might take him to record two points. Um, I'm seeing like plus 350, plus 380, something around there. I like that. Um, I like it think, a lot. 
you know, then if he scores a goal, hopefully he grabs an assist on the peeper or, or something like that. Um, but I think he will be buzzing because it wasn't just a mutual leave or, you know, something like that. It wasn't, uh, you know, going to more of a contender. It, it, to me, it sounded like he wanted to stay, didn't really have the option, and then ended up in, uh, in Colorado. So I think I'll take the over the first period over um, and then Taze plus 350. I do like the abs here, not at minus 180. Um, you know, if you're feeling lucky, you can uh, you can puck line them. I think that's like plus 135, plus 140. Um, but I'm just going to take the over, expect some goals. I, I'm confused, honestly, why it's only six. Um, you know, given the team's history and, you know, games as of late. But, uh, but I'll take it. And, um, you know, if, if the first five minutes go by and no one scores, I may even double down on the live five and a half, five, something like that. So Good stuff. I uh, like a lot of that. And, uh, as far, yeah, I like a lot of the call. I like Druan as well. Uh, I want to point out John Druan. Uh, he's starting to heat up for Colorado, and he's getting more ice time as well. I mean, the, the McKinnon point streak's been incredible. Uh, Nachushkin. And Devon Taves, by the way, has five points in the last five games. So he's actually coming into this game in, 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 with a nice clip offensively as far as production. So now facing his old team, uh, it's a good time to his current form. He's been producing as well, points from the blue line. So good things all around to look at as far as uh, props go for this Islanders and Avs game tonight. All right, uh, pretty interesting all-Canadian matchup is next up here. Ottawa-Vancouver. Canucks minus 145, home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Ottawa going on the road um, where their record is only four and eight uh, this season. Uh, and, of course, Vancouver's been great at home. I actually had Ottawa kind of – I was interested. I do still have interest, both, by the way, in taking Ottawa here because I do feel three wins in their last four games, starting to put some better play together under Jacques Martin uh, moving forward. And – um I, I like the way Ottawa's trending. But the worst thing that could have happened for anyone interested in Ottawa tonight or betting Ottawa in this game tonight is Vancouver losing to Philly in the last game, 4-1. to one. And this Vancouver team, they haven't just been good off a loss. They have been absolutely spectacular off a loss. You have to go back to November 16 and 18 against Calgary and Seattle to find the last time Vancouver lost two in a row. Since then, they uh, lose to Colorado November 22nd. They win Seattle the next game. They lose to San Jose. They win against Anaheim the next game. They lose to Vegas. They win at Calgary the next game. They lose to New Jersey. They win against Minnesota the next game. They lose at Minnesota in a shootout. They beat Chicago the next game. They lose at Dallas in overtime. They beat San Jose the next game. They have just been absolutely phenomenal. Just absolutely trustworthy. Money in the bank, whatever term you want to use uh, as far as coming off a loss. Uh, since the middle of November, especially under Rick Tockett. So that's keeping me off Ottawa. Can't do it. Can't do it. I mean, I, 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 Ottawa's playing better. That's bet on versus bet on, in my opinion. It's a bet on spot for the better team, Vancouver. But it's also an Ottawa team I've got circled to bet on. I think you're going to make money. Now, through the month of January, Ottawa will have a plus return on investment if you bet Ottawa every game. I really, truly believe that. I think they're going to go on a run. You can start to see better things moving forward from this team slowly but surely. But this is just not the right spot for me to want to take Ottawa with Vancouver off a loss. That tra track record of theirs off a loss has just been too damn strong. So it's probably going to be a pass for me in this game. What do you think here, Matt? Senators, Canucks. Yeah, I was just kind of looking into Demko because I think he's confirmed to start. 
Um, he obviously did not play against Philly in that loss. Um, but he, I mean, he's been on an absolute heater. His only, his only loss in the month of December, sorry, he had two losses. One was an OT loss against Dallas. And then he lost uh, December 5th against New Jersey in a tough outing, but he's been great. Um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't lost back to back games or anything like that in a long time. So I expect them to come out hot. I, I do agree with you. Ottawa is not a bad play. Maybe a plus one twenty five against almost any other team, but Vancouver coming off a loss, I I wouldn't dabble with the sides here. I don't love the over either, just because Demko can you know put up some big numbers. Um, the over for the first period I'm seeing on most sites is two. Um, it is plus money, but it's two. Yeah, I just don't like a lot here. I think Vancouver does get the win. So if you want to take Vancouver minus 145, that's not a bad uh, money line at home after a loss. Um, but yeah, personally, I'll probably stay off this game uh, aside from maybe finding some props or something like that to get into. All right. Stop there as far as up. Prop for me, Batherson. He's a good player. He's been a good run Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so that's going to be fascinating to see if he keeps it going. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, as far as I'll tell you what, Josh. Believe it or not, with Bluger, been uh, really, really as far as their production lately. Uh, uh, we'll see if that ends up continuing here. Uh, tonight is and what Kuzmenko uh, is starting to heat up. I mean, there's just those guys that always consistent. JT Miller, those guys that consistently do it for you. Uh, and now here, all of a sudden, is Dakota Joshua and uh, Teddy Bluger and that group starting to heat up for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So there's definitely some value with those players down the lineup right now. And Sam Lafferty, there's another one I haven't talked about uh, that has been really starting to get it going here uh, in the recent games. So uh, there's definitely some props. But like I said, Batherson has been probably the best and most uh, red-hot Ottawa player uh, in recent games for them. We'll see if that uh, continues uh, here tonight. You know, actually, now that I look at it, you could make a case for the over. The over has been, uh, it's a ridiculous, the series history. It's been one, lopsided toward the over. The one thing that concerns me is they're starting to try to play a little tighter, this Ottawa team. They are. Uh, two unders their last three games. But, I mean, look at this Ottawa-Vancouver series, though. Since uh, April of 2021, 6-3, 6-2, 4-3, 6-4, 5-2, and 5-2. Worth noting, the last two meetings with Tockett, when the team started to improve defensively and their penalty kill got better, they still went over the total. So uh, I I might grab a little over six and a half here personally. Rich likes the first, and the first period, both teams to score. I could see it, as Rich says in the chat, because Ottawa has been good getting a lead or getting a goal in the first period since Martin's been there. Go and look. Ottawa's like been very good scoring in the first period lately especially since Jacques Martin got there and Vancouver off a loss to Philly you think there's a pretty good chance maybe they could strike early so uh first period both teams to score in that one 
with uh, Forsberg and Demko in net. Forsberg's been up and down, much like uh, Corpus Allo lately. So, yeah, I think there's a there's a decent chance we could see both teams find the uh, back of the net uh, in the opening 20 minutes of that game tonight uh, in Vancouver. All right, next up, we've got Detroit-San Jose. Uh, the Red Wings minus 180, road favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Uh, San Jose, finally for a change, you know, kind of tightened things up uh, and did not let uh, a deluge go in uh, in their net the last time uh, they played against Colorado. Only giving up three goals in that game is actually an improvement, a significant improvement from them. We'll see uh, how they fare here tonight in this game against uh, Detroit. Uh, keep in mind, though, that game was uh, uh, it was Kockinen in that. He did play better. But you talk about a guy that's kind of struggled to put two good quality starts in a row together. He has definitely been that for the uh, for the uh, Sharks in net. Uh, Alex Lyon will be in net for the uh, Red Wings uh, once again tonight with uh, Billy Husso still on IR. And obviously they've lost confidence in uh, James Reimer, and, and rightfully so, So with the way he had been playing. So I understand why they're going back to um, uh, Alex Lyon in net. That being said, has Lyon suddenly lost his luster and lost his form? Uh, he's been back from injury for two starts against Nashville and Boston. Nine goals given up in those two starts against the Predators and the Bruins uh, in back-to-back games here. So, you know, interesting to see how this one plays out. But, you know, they played a wild 6-5 to game in Detroit earlier this year, that crazy epic comeback. And the Sharks came back and won uh, in overtime in Detroit last year. They also went to OT. Um, three of the last four head-to-head meetings have actually gone past regulation here with the Sharks and the Red Wings. So I'm going to sprinkle on the draw here with that recent series history three of the last four have gone to overtime or a shootout between these two teams and there are also two other bets that i really like here is in this game uh i still worry about that red or that shark blue line right now uh and how they've been giving up goals even though they were a little bit better and, and the team total is now back in a price range where it's very reasonable i like i like detroit here over three and a half minus 128 their team total uh, in this game i'm also going to go over six and a half here as well because we have seen Lyon not look great in his first two starts since returning from injury for Detroit. So San Jose might be able to chip in some offense. It's difficult to ask this San Jose Sharks team to score goals right now because they've been struggling to do that uh, the last few games. Like, look at these last three games. They've scored two goals in the last three games combined against L.A. Now, good teams, though, L.A., Edmonton, and Colorado. Detroit has struggled defensively. We know that. Lion hasn't been as good since he's been back these two games. So this is an open door for San Jose to score some goals tonight if they can walk through it because this Red Wing team has been a problem team defensively for for several games now. Four, five, six, three, six, four, five. Those are the goals they've allowed Detroit uh, in their last several games. So I think San Jose can chip in. I certainly like Detroit to get to four tonight over that three and a half. And Detroit's going to be a little miffed and a little pissed that they just choked against San Jose uh, earlier this year in Detroit. So Red Wings team total over three and a half, minus 128, over six and a half full game. Going to grab a small piece of the draw here as well, given that three of the last four head-to-heads have gone past regulation. Matt, what do you think here, Detroit-San Jose? Yeah, I think uh, the draw is a little tough for me, just given San Jose's last couple of games. Um, I do think they'll bounce back, though, and score a couple goals. So I do love the over. Um, I love the Detroit over three and a half, uh, but I do think they'll give up a few as well. So I do like that total over at six and a half. 
Um, I saw it in the chat and I just kind of looked at what I was showing, but I love to bring it two points. Um, I've seen it like plus 225 to 275, somewhere in that range. Um, if Detroit scores four goals, I think the, the comments in the chat said he's got two goals and eight assists in his last five games. Uh, so he's averaging two points a game going into a really, really bad defensive Sharks team. Um, I don't think it's a long shot for him to get two points and, you know, anything over plus 200 um, for something I feel that good about. I'm definitely going to lock in. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I think goals galore, um, hopefully more for Detroit than San Jose. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think, uh, the sides or the drawer are for me on this play. Yeah. To break it and Kane, it goes without saying, um, you know, I could definitely see them uh, getting on the score sheet. Perron is up on the top line for Detroit tonight too, with Larkin and Raymond. So I like the value there you'll get with, uh, David Perron as he moves up to the uh, top line. And then for San Jose, I mean, San Jose, it's tough. I mean, they, they've scored two goals in the last three games combined, but Detroit's not defending like Edmonton, LA and Colorado right now. Um, you know, so Detroit's been a miserable defensive team here these last, this last week or two. So that's why I'm going to put some stock, you know, in San Jose, maybe being able to get out of the offensive doldrums here tonight uh, against this uh, Detroit Red Wings team. And if they do, you know, I would probably look toward, Zetterland, uh, Hoffman, Eklund, you know, those top top six players because they have been, like Zetterland's got two goals in the last four games. He's got two of their last four goals they've scored as a team, uh, Fabian Zetterland. So that's probably my favorite look, you know, as far as uh, goal props on the San Jose side. You don't want to get too nuts with San Jose props right now with the way they're not scoring. So keep that in mind. I believe Switzerland has just tied it with Sweden in this world junior quarterfinal in the third period. So this is becoming a bit of an ass clencher right now. If you're uh, over there in Sweden right now, uh, it is uh, getting tight on the home team here, the host nation here in the third. So we have yeah. seen one upset today uh, in the world juniors. Uh, are we about to see another potentially? This would be massive. This would make Canada, the upset of Canada look like peanuts. This would be massive. Sweden's a loaded roster this year. I can't say that about Canada. Uh, this would be huge if the Swiss were to knock off Sweden here in the quarters and certainly would be a bitter disappointment for the Swedes if they get knocked out. But still, it's 2-2, long way to go. Um, all right, so that's that game. Our final game now of this massive slate, it is the uh, ESPN Plus second game of their doubleheader. I think they have Pittsburgh-Washington as the first game. This is the second game. Toronto Maple Leafs, Los Angeles Kings. We've got the Kings minus 130, home favorites, uh, six being the uh, total uh, here in – six and a half, I should say, being the total here in this game. Uh, Kings let me down on Saturday. I was very disappointed. That's not like L.A. That's not L.A. hockey to have a 2 nothing lead after the first period and blow it and end up losing in a shootout. Now, Edmonton's a good team, and they've been – obviously, they've been on fire, but – that's not the kind of stuff you expect to see from the LA Kings. And it's kind of why I'm a little gun shy to go back to the well with them here uh, in this game tonight. I lean LA. I don't want Toronto. I don't trust Toronto uh, here uh, tonight. I don't trust a lot of things about their game defensively. Uh, I, I worry about a, a team like that's going to wear them out and forecheck them and be physical and be a hard, heavy team to play like LA. Those aren't the teams that Toronto always has great success against. Uh, they're off back-to-back -back losses, uh, Toronto, three straight losses against Ottawa, Columbus, and Carolina. They've got all kinds of issues, again, defensively with bad 
puck management at brutal times in the game. They've got goaltending concerns. Ilya Samsonov ain't right. He's not even made the trip to this on this road trip. They put him on waivers. He obviously cleared waivers because no one's going to pick him up when he's playing this badly and he's mentally lost his confidence and the money with the money he's making. So you knew he was going to clear waivers. He's been uh, dispatched to the Marlies, the AHL team, to try to get him right. And uh, we'll see if he can uh, get right here down with the uh, Marlies right now. Uh, but he has to get his game back. He, I, I agree with this move. Um, you just can't put him in the net in an NHL game right now with the way he's going uh, for the Leafs. So it's Martin Jones. I can't believe it. The third goalie in the organizational depth chart you know, is the guy that you got to count on now moving forward. Martin Jones has to try to save the day uh, here for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, moving forward. That being said, he is playing against a team he started his career with, backing up Jonathan Quick for many years, uh, knows this Kings team well, is probably always fired up to play them. Uh, so we'll see how he fares here in this game against his old team. Um, you know, Toronto at times, the funny thing about the Leafs, you know, the the home record's nine and nine. The road record's eight and six. So, you know, they actually, sometimes they get away from uh, the, the hubbub of Toronto media driving them nuts, and they can play good games sometimes on the road. Look what they did against the Rangers, December 12th, seven to three. They beat the New York Rangers, and that was a Martin Jones in net that night. So, I don't know. I'm, 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 there's something in the stomach here that's saying, you know, I want to take a, I still think LA is the better of these two teams. But L.A.'s home record still is just – it's a problem, man, uh, at home, how the, many issues they've had. Uh, you know, they're 7-10 and 10 now at home, the L.A. Kings this year. They've lost two in a row, albeit Vegas and Edmonton. Uh, can't uh, complain about the difficulty of the opponent in either game. Those are good teams they lost to. But something off with L.A. right now uh, at this point in time. Uh, it is going to be, of course, as I mentioned, Martin Jones for Toronto in net. Uh, Cam Talbot for L.A. This is also a back-to-back for uh, Toronto. They're in Anaheim tomorrow night, and they called up the young kid from Sweden, Dennis Hildeby, to be the uh, goalie joining Martin Jones on this trip. It would not shock me to see Dennis Hildeby get his NHL debut tomorrow night against Anaheim. I really think they're contemplating giving him his first NHL start uh, tomorrow night. And he's been great at the AHL level. Hildeby, or Hildebeast, as Leaf fans call him, um, but still, he's barely played any professional games down there. Very inexperienced. And uh, we'll see if they're uh, willing to give him the net this quickly tomorrow night when they play in Anaheim. But for tonight, it'll be Martin Jones versus Cam Talbot. Um, I-, I wish I had more because this is a very intriguing hockey game tonight between these two teams. But I really don't. I will say in L.A., uh, between these two teams, it's actually been a split series lately. Uh, Toronto's won their share of games in L.A., including 5 nothing last year. Uh, over the Kings. Kings beat the Leafs in t- Toronto earlier this season, Halloween night, 4-1. to one. Um, First game of a road trip, three straight losses. You know what I mean? That's usually a good bet on spot. So I could see Toronto bringing it tonight, but after losing two in a row, I could see LA bringing it tonight. It's a pass for me. I'll give you some props. There are some props I like here uh, in this game, but that's what it's going to be, mostly a prop game here for me tonight. What do you think here in this one, Matt? Leafs, Kings? Yeah, that's similar to... Uh... So what I'm thinking as well, um, I do like the first period over in this game. Um, I think, you know, L.A. needs some redemption. Toronto's defense isn't always I can see incredible. that. Score the first period, I can yeah, see. Yeah, and yeah, yeah it, it also may be a both teams to score, actually. Um, I might dabble on the both teams to score and then put a full unit on the, uh, the first period over. Um, 
but yeah, I, it's really a toss up game. I feel like LA is the better team, um, at least from a consistency standpoint, but again, they've been kind of off at home lately. Uh, Toronto likes getting out of the bubble. Sometimes maybe they're enjoying some sunshine in Southern California, you know, kind of a reset, you know, get out of the bubble, um, things like that. Austin Matthews being an Arizona kid, you know, he's not far from home. Maybe he'll have some friends at the game. So you can always take a, a Austin Matthews prop. Uh, one prop that sticks out to me, just given LA, I believe they're one in the league. Yeah. First in on goal, uh, Toronto's 24th in shots on goal allowed. Um, and Martin Jones over saves is 28 and a half. Um, I think LA could get 40 shots this game. You know, if he, <laughs> as long as he doesn't give up 11 goals, you know, that hits. So um, obviously you, with the, with the goalie shot overs, the one thing I'm always worried about, you know, what if LA comes out and scores two in the first five minutes and then he gets pulled. Um, but given that they've got that young guy on the bench, I think it would have to really get out of hand for them to to put him in a game, you know, first NHL game, he's down 6 nothing or something like that. So I don't think they'll pull Martin Jones unless there's a huge issue. Uh, so I love his saves over 28. And I and you mentioned he was a, a king earlier in his career, probably used to playing down there, loves the building, things like that. So um, I like that prop a lot. So Yeah, this is a fascinating game. It's a good game too because these are – well, we know the Kings are a good team, even though they've lost two in a row. We The Leafs are capable of being a good team, but you just don't see it consistently enough from their D and their goaltending. It's not that their D has been horrible. It's they've made brutal mistakes with the puck at bad times. Like they have a lead and they just all of a sudden the, they just give the puck to the other team and there's an, a transition opportunity and an odd man rush given out, given up all of a sudden. So that's the issue. It's the timeliness of the mistakes. They just make them at bad times in bad areas. You know, it's not that they make a ton of them. It's that they make them in bad times of the game. And that's what's really hurt the Leafs here uh, in some of these recent losses. And then they don't get a save, mostly from Samsonov lately. That doesn't help uh, either. It's a good prop game. I like a couple of angles here. The two that stand out are Trevor Moore for the LA Kings. He was in the Leaf organization. He got traded when they got Muzzin years ago. You know, I know he's been a little more up and down lately, but Trevor Moore against his old team here or the organization he used to be with, I could see Trevor Moore having an impact. I'll throw one out at you that's under the radar. Nick Robertson for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's a guy, and as you know, his brother Jason and Nick are from California. They went to LA Kings games growing up. Their parents had season tickets to the Los Angeles Kings. So Jason and Nick Robertson went to a shit ton of Kings games growing up, and that's probably what helped get them into hockey and helped get them into that sport. So it's kind of like a homecoming here for Nick Robertson uh, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I believe he also scored in the last game. He's actually scored in back-to-back games against Carolina and Columbus. So uh, I love it. Uh, That's actually one of uh, my favorite uh, prop looks tonight on the board. Nick Robertson, and you can find plus 600 at FanDuel, plus 600 at DraftKings, plus 620 at Batano. It was an absolutely great price given the situation. You have a guy that scored in back-to-back games uh, and also is coming back home, close to home here in L.A. to play the Kings. Wonderful, wonderful scenario here and situational look there for Nick Robertson for the uh, Leafs maybe to find the back of the net tonight. And other than that, you know, if Nyes is always undervalued as long as he stays on the top line with Matthews and Marner, 
Uh, of course, Matthews and Nylander and Marner have all been piling up points lately, especially Matthews, uh, who has, what, 19 points in the last 10 games. Nylander's got 21 points in the last 14 games. So uh, there's some good props on that side. For L.A., Kempe is heating up. I already mentioned Trevor Moore. I think playing is the team he used to, the organization that used to have him is going to get Trevor Moore all amped up tonight uh, for the uh, L.A. Kings. And he still does have two goals in the last four games for them. Uh, so there's some props that stand out to me here in this one uh, tonight with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the uh, Los Angeles Kings. All right, that is the Tuesday NHL card. Knew it would be a long show with 13 games, uh, but we hope we packed it full of analysis, full of information. Hit the like button. 267 live viewers in the YouTube chat. We appreciate it very much. Thank you a million times over for your support. A reminder, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. It is worth it. Get on board. Uh, daily card, sides, totals, player props posted there each and every day. Goalie charts, totals, charts, and more bonus content. We're going to have bonus videos, shows for Patreon members only here in the new year, as well as bonus impromptu betcasts which will only be available to Patreon members to view and to be a part of. So that's coming in the new year. Just so much bonus content on the way. Make sure you get on board. Just $10 per month, and your $10 per month is going to help ensure the Ice Guys keeps on going for years and years to come, and that's our goal. We want to be doing this show for a very long time. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, uh, just $10 per month. And again, check out the Ice Guys store as well iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Get some gear and merch as well. All right, it is that time. Bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Matt, what have you handpicked here for your bargain bin special tonight? Yeah, it's something I liked uh, coming onto the show, but you kind of doubled down on it, which I'm going to take as a sign from the uh, the betting gods. I'm going to take the Donov anytime goal scorer in the Stars game. Um, you know, former Montreal Canadian, Always going to want to play well against your former team. Probably still buddies with a lot of the guys. So um, I've seen it as high as like 350. I've, I've seen it as low as right around 300. But um, I think, you know, that line's kind of due because um, I like Jamie Ben's props tonight as well. Um, Wyatt Johnston, anytime goal scorer, things like that. But I think the Donov is my uh, bargain play of the night. All right. And uh, again, again, this is another uh, angle involving a former team as well. Uh, so Evgeny Dodonov plus 375 is what you can get at some places with that. So that is Matt Robinson's bargain bin special of the night. I'm going with two tonight because I can't choose between them. I think they're a dead heat for my favorite goal prop of the night from a bargain bin standpoint. Ryan McLeod, Edmonton Oilers, plus 410 at Patano. That's insane that right now with what he's doing offensively with five goals in the last four or five games, that he's plus 410 at uh, Batano in particular, to score a goal tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he's been absolutely uh, on fire, uh, giving the Oilers some much-needed secondary offense, secondary scoring. So there we go. Ryan McLeod plus 410 for my first of two bargain bin specials of the night. And then the other one, it's the one that I just talked about uh, in the Leafs-Kings game involving the homecoming of Nick Robertson. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, I really do like this. He scored in back-to-back -back games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now back home in front of friends and family, he's going to want to have a big night and make an impact. Plus 620 at Batano. You can get actually plus 650 at FanDuel for Nick Robertson of the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight to find the back of the net. So two bargain bin specials to kick off the new year. Ryan McLeod for Edmonton, plus 410. 
Nick Robertson for Toronto plus 650 for bargain bin special of the night uh, on this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card. All right, time for best bets. Matt, what do you got? The best bets uh, I think have been going good for everybody lately. What do you got here today for best bet? Yeah, so my best bet, I hope I'm not crowding Alex's style, but I'm going to take Dallas-Montreal first period over. I think there, I think there's going to be three or four goals in the first period. Uh, so that's my uh, my best bet of the night. There it is. Hab stars over one and a half uh, first period uh, for Montreal-Dallas. You can get that at minus one. I'd probably be in the minus 150 range uh, around there. Uh, but yeah, Montreal-Dallas first period over one and a half. Actually, minus 140 still out there at a few books. First period over for the montreal Canadian dallas stars Best bet for Matt Robinson. My best bet here for this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card. Lots of interesting choices here tonight on the menu. Um, but when it's all said and done, I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Detroit San Jose over six and a half. And scary, I know, because San Jose has not been lighting it up. But Detroit's been an over machine. This is probably the worst defensive team San Jose's played during this little rough patch they've had offensively. Lions struggled in the first two starts. He's been back. There's a moment for San Jose to finally wake up a little bit offensively. It's tonight. And I think Detroit will certainly get theirs as far as goals tonight against San Jose. Offense hasn't been their problem. Defense has been their problem. I think both teams can do enough to get this game over the total. Red Wings and Sharks over six and a half for my best bet for this Tuesday card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Matt Robinson, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we are back with you tomorrow on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Alex back in the saddle for another edition of the Ice Guys. 